0: McKinney Favel's Hot Commodity Podcast Series, empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of Mikini Flavel, and today is February 29th, 2024, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. I'm joined today by Kevin Combs, Vice President of Mikini Flavel. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Mike. Hello, everybody. You know what? We're back. We're back from the Sweetener Colloquium. and uh, from, I'm tired. I am tired, too. Back from Aventura, Florida, where we just came back from the Sweetener Colloquium, and we'd like to give everybody out there a recap of what we saw. But be, before we do, two pieces here. One, our next uh, webinar is coming up, Kevin. It's Wednesday, March 27th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can register at mckinney-flavel.com. It's our spring market outlook. Uh, it's going to be great. The bulls, the bears, and the balance sheets, Kevin. We're going to be balance sheets. <laughs> and- <clears throat> Just like how I worked on that uh, little Saturday Night Live. The bulls, the bears, the balance sheets,
1: and and the Wetter. and the weather. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so if you want to register for that, March 27th, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can also register for our spring seminar uh, on our website at mckinney That's an April 17th. It's real simple. Just go to mckinney Limited seats available, Kevin. Limited running.
1: seats. we only got so much room there and look yeah. forward to seeing you all there.
0: Excellent. Well, let's shift over to our uh, colloquium recap that we like to do. So for those that were unable to attend uh, in person. I'd like to give you a recap of what we saw and even if we were there we'll give you a recap of what we saw. What do you say? I say that's a good start. Let's, Let's start with this. So going into the colloquium you know, and we look back from last year what happened, I think it'd be good to compare kind of the differences we saw. You know, certainly coming into this colloquium, there was gonna be talk about, you know, were there gonna be a lot of negotiations? Was there gonna be a lot booked at the colloquium? And just the overall sentiment of what the future of sugar would hold. So, Kevin, do you wanna just give a real
1: brief recap of what we saw? Well, I think, you know, last year People got floored by just how bullish it was, and how much talk there was about pricing going up substantially, and how they needed to act very soon or face even higher prices. Yeah. And so, you know, there was a lot of fear at the colloquium this around booking and having done that and seen people have to book six eight weeks earlier than what they had done the year before, which was probably like six weeks earlier than normal. Even then. Time frame at that. So, you know, we're getting pressured now where we're booking like three months earlier than what we've ever seen before. And, you know, in my career here, used to be, you know, people would really start getting serious in July. You'd have discussions at the colloquium. Yeah. You weren't really that serious about booking. Well,
0: it certainly justifies that expense to go to the colloquium for a lot of people (laughs) is that there's actually going to be stuff happening, Right. But, yeah, I mean, yes. when I started tw- 20 years ago, it was like the beats have to go in the ground first.
1: Right. You know? Yeah. And to your point about uh, the, the expense of going and, and going there, I mean, look how many people were there. And yeah. that's how much last year's uh, discussions had an impact on this year. More and more people came and attended the colloquium. And a lot of it was people that don't normally go there and a lot of smaller Users are starting to attend the conference. Absolutely. Of the, missing the market because they weren't uh, keeping up with what was going on.
0: Exactly. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was close to 700 people, is the number I heard. But bottom line, it was more people. There's more people and different people than I've seen before. So one of the topics, Kevin, you heard a lot about was, and you knew going into it that it would be a discussion not only with uh, the meetings but with the presentations. Um, If I had to recap the big thing that was said over and over again was high-tier imports, the amount of high-tier imports, the amount or lack of sugar that may or may not come from Mexico because of their crop. You've been talking about that for a long time. What was your take on Yeah, how people feel about that.
1: That's a great point, Mike, because the amount of discussions we'd have about raw sugar at a colloquium is generally pretty small. But with this year's supply problems, drought in Mexico, and all the high tier imports, it's a major part of every conversation you have talking about sugar. And, you know, the fact that also combined with that, with Mexico's problem, we're also seeing more sugar go down to Mexico. That's right, particularly uh, beet sugar uh, going down. Where we ended up with some surplus with a record crop that they didn't anticipate earlier on this year, and so all combined, it's amazing just how much talk it was. But you know, I like to hit on Mexico a little bit because you look at the crop numbers from week to week and the sugar recovery or sugar yield from manufacturing numbers are not really recovering and probably are not going to recover yeah you know, we've been hearing for a couple weeks mexico's probably going to come out with another crop estimate fairly soon and the reason why that is is it's looking like it's going to even be lower some of the discussions you know usda is at 4.875 4.5 million metric tons may be more likely i even heard lower numbers there but uh certainly a very bad situation. And, you know, right now USDA is still showing, uh, around 800,000 short tons of exports to the United States. But unless Mexico really imports a lot of sugar, well, yeah. is that sugar going to come from the U S or is it going to come from the world market? Obviously it's both, but yeah. how much sugar do we have to ship down so they can have their quota and ship it back up? And yeah, I thought even the uh, presentations and sessions you know you didn't get a lot of good answers on that yep. you know is there an emergency situation for raw sugar supplies or is it just Oh, it's short, but that's okay. We have high tier imports and people can bring in whatever sugar they need and let the markets work.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, there's obviously two schools of thought on high tier imports being where they're at and how the program is working. Some people feel that you already know what's going to happen potentially with Mexico. So why aren't you doing anything about it? And I understand there's like, you know, the timing for things the USDA can and can't do. But one of the point was, hey, if you know that Mexico is not going to be able to do it, why not change that now until it's too late? And the other side is saying, hey, you got to let certain things play out so you're not, you know, overdoing something that you should be doing. So it's it's an interesting time because they also showed a chart, right? So they had uh, stocks to use ratio and, you know, how they're supposed to manage it between 13 and a half and 15 and a half. And then they looked at the dynamics of the other components and obviously, high-tier imports have never been this high. So the question is, is that a case to start importing or
1: making adjustments now, or do you still need to wait till after April first? Yeah, you know that's that's <laughs> the, the the problem, and you know the USDA has had to play catch up. A lot of terms, the information is not known. Yeah, we looked at Mexico, we've been saying it's gonna be worse than what was forecast going long, and we've stair stepped our numbers down. We've been ahead of what you see on the Street streets, et cetera, but no one has given a firm answer if that's what it's gonna be. I remember early on before Mexico's crop began, you know, we had heard some name some people saying it could be as low as four point eight. Yeah, But no one was saying 4.5. No, they weren't. So yeah. you're still down significantly more than what was said. So they're going to have to always be catching up a little bit. The way the program's designed, the way they laid out the suspension agreements was to make sure they didn't get in a situation of oversupplied. That's going to continue to work. However, surely when you're an in industry and you're trying to run your businesses. You know, they probably need to be stepping up and getting ahead of the game. And, and it just seems so logical that you'd say 715,000 tons of high-tier imports should be classified as worthy of emergency situations to go back to Department of Commerce and say, hey, we need to start doing something now, right. get ahead of this game instead right. of getting stuck to where you are only got <clears throat> six months out of the year to yeah. try to make this business work. right.
0: In the meantime, everybody's trying to figure out when the right time is to book, right? Or you know, what are your what are your forecasts for your demand going to be as a user? Uh, when is the timing? We know one thing's for sure that market timing in sugar, because of all the the uh, the policies and the way they have it laid out,
1: is extremely important. Oh, it's extremely important. It's a cash market. You don't have a forward futures market curve to take a look at things and yeah. try to decide you know do i want to layer in coverage you know that works great with corn soybeans yeah. it used to work okay with cocoa and chocolate until recently no 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 <laughs> we don't need to go there we don't need to go there let's not go there we had a yeah. up of that talk yeah it goes to sweetener colloquially and talks about cocoa and yeah. Chocolate. Yeah.
0: Well, they well, did. We did this year. <laughs> yeah, we did. We had, uh, uh Hugo from Barry Callebaut was there talking about that and he definitely got fired a lot of questions. So, no um, being, a, uh, yeah. Talk about a volatile market. So, uh, what else did we, did, we learn from there? I, I think, um, well,
1: I the bar- think the big thing yeah. everyone wanted was again, looking at how much sugar was contracted as we came into this, was it at a similar pace to last year? Yeah, you and know, talking to some suppliers, it sounds like most felt they were at a similar booking point heading into the colloquium. I think, you know, last year to the start of that you were talking about, you know, did we see a change or, or what? But they didn't have fear. Everyone seemed to be very relaxed in the yeah. conversations. Yeah. And uh from a booking standpoint, I'd be surprised if there were any really deals going on. Yeah. I really didn't hear much yep. about deals being done despite thinking that there's gonna be pressure and you know, we've seen it's been best to book your sugar first and get it out of the way because prices have gone up as we've gravitated through the years. Yep. Part of that has been supply disruptions, force majeure events, et cetera. Yep. But even last year, we didn't really have anything, and, and prices still ended up going up as the suppliers got have more and more contracted. And so... Kind of expected that. And I think uh, the feeling is, you know, things are probably going to come out and you know, suppliers are going to start reaching out to customers in a couple weeks. Or that was kind of the promises they're making. And they'll get some firm quotes in customers' hands and, uh, you know, be prepared, but no pressure to book. And yep. then it just comes down to price. And yeah, I got the sense that uh, depending on when you booked, you may see a small increase if you're booked early last year. If you booked a little bit later, maybe flat, you may even see a few people that get a little bit of a decline in their offers because they waited and didn't uh, jump in at the early offers.
0: Yeah. Well, one thing for sure. We're going to find out. And I'll tell you what, uh, we'll be very active with our clients, uh, helping them time the uh, the purchase uh, at the right time. If you're not a client of mckinney Favel, I can't think of a better time to be a client, Fine. Kevin, especially if you buy a bunch of sugar.
1: Especially if you buy sugar, but hey. Cocoa, chocolate. Oh, there he goes. We'll help it all. There he goes. And, well, of course, corn sweeteners, how can we leave that out? Yep, absolutely. All right, we're going to wrap
0: this one up. Kevin, we can get some rest here over the weekend and uh, be ready to go for next week. But uh, as I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute, moment with your friends and family. And until our next podcast, take care, everybody. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence Platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit mckinney-favelle.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook,
1: and Twitter.